0: It's great to be here with you this morning for our fourth and final message on You'll Be Glad You Did. Uh, we have been talking in the last few weeks to young people, to students uh, who get labels stuck to them that can even carry through at young adulthood and, and older adulthood. We've been talking to uh, couples uh, and, and or singles that uh, are making critical decisions about their relationship. Last weekend, Craig talked to lots of generations uh, and maybe even with an emphasis on those that are uh, boomers uh, or Gen Xers. And today, I'm going to talk about an, uh, an awkward, uh, tension-creating topic uh, for marrieds. Or for singles that want to maybe consider being maybe married someday, and so today's topic is gonna is gonna be primarily for those that are considering marriage or who are married. And there is going to be tension. There is going to be awkwardness on this topic because uh, if I am a if 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 you are a guy and we're seated across this table together. And, and I'm going to talk to you about marriage. You're like me. Uh, you don't want to be told what to do, right? Uh, you don't want to be told you're wrong. Uh, you don't want to be told, like me, that, you, that the idea that you, that you have really, um, it doesn't have its origin with you. It, it comes from somewhere else. We don't like to hear that. Ladies, you might enjoy this message. (laughs) Uh, You might enjoy this message because um, sometimes you might fall into the thought pattern that, um, you know, somebody needs to tell your husband what's right. Um, That any great idea that he has really had its origin with you. He just had to hear it from the right person. Uh, Ladies, you might... uh, you might be tempted today, uh, you, you might feel the tension today because um, you're waiting for someone to tell your husband, hey, this is what we need to do, this is, this is the next step for us. And so what I'm going to talk about today is about, it's related to your relationship, and yet it has application in any relationship. If you've been at Adventure for more than probably three years, You've heard me talk about marriage and friendships. And what I believe, what I teach is that relationships, uh, healthy relationships based on Jesus' teachings uh, include mutual submission to one another. Mutual submission to one another is how you experience a great relationship. You mutually submit to one another. Another word for submit would be you mutually defer to one another. You put one another first. You consider someone else more important than, than you. Uh, Philippians uh, chapter 2 teaches that. And yet to kind of get us started in In this kind of mutual deferment or mutual submission, I want to begin with a passage in Ephesians chapter 5. It's not where we're going to stay. It's where we're going to start. Just to kind of get you ready for this idea of uh, being open, palms up, for this one habit I'm going to ask you to consider today. One habit, just one thing I'm going to ask you to do that's relevant to any relationship, but especially a married couple. So if you'd open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 5. And if you came this morning without a Bible, raise your hand and someone will uh, get one out to you. It's on page Eight sixteen in our adventure Bibles, if you're using it, and here are a couple verses that that really tend to create some of that awkwardness, some of that tension. Uh, and 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 it, here it is, verse twenty one: Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. There's that S word: Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So it's a it's a it's an General principle for all relationships, but in the context, he's talking about marriage relationships. Verse 22, wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Okay, so as a Christ follower submits to the Lord, a wife is to submit to her husband. Now, and then verse 25, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her, okay. three verses that have very direct, clear um, application. It's easy to think you see a passage like this and think, "Well, that was then; that's the first century. This is now," and think, "Oh boy, it surely Paul didn't mean that." And yet, we know that in the first century, that there was a temptation to have more than one wife. Uh, there was, uh, in fact, even in the Gospels. Uh, Uh, Jesus met a woman, a Samaritan woman, who had been married five times, uh, and he is giving exhortation here to a first century culture that isn't far removed from ours at all. In fact, as I said a couple weeks ago, in some regard, they were more advanced in uh, some of their uh, freedom uh, expressions than even we are. Now when you see a a verse like this, guys, when you see a a verse that says, wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord, typically a guy's, you know, like, hey, hey, babes, did you see that? Oh my word, what a great message this morning for us. (laughs) Praise the Lord. And I just want to encourage you guys, guys, that was written to your wives, that wasn't written to you. So kind of mind your own business on that one. That was written to your bride. That's for her to treasure and her to let the Holy Spirit uh, work in her life and guide her. And it's not to be used as leverage. It's not to be used in any way that, uh, that Christ wouldn't use it. Um, agreed? Agreed, ladies? Okay. And, then, and then there's another verse for we men. Here it is. Husbands, verse 25. Love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. And so when we think about how Jesus is exhorting us to love our wives, and when I say how Jesus is encouraging men to love their wives, let me just remind you that the author of Ephesians, who's the author of half of the New Testament, he, he said that all of his writings were from the Lord Jesus face to face. Galatians chapter 1 verse 11. So everything he wrote he got from Jesus face to face. And so when we're talking about the roles of men here, he got it from Jesus. Okay. And what what Paul, Jesus' coworker, is saying here is that when it comes to the role of a husband in a marriage to this this symbol is the best example of how a husband is to love his wife. Uh, And I'll read the verse just in case, uh, maybe I didn't read it clearly. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Okay? Boom, right? Jesus, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believeth in this sacrifice wouldn't perish but have everlasting life. This is the standard for being a husband. Wow. Wow. Wasn't that, didn't I say that just beautifully? <laughs> it's such a high standard. Just yesterday. And I tell you, it is, I don't know what it is about a Saturday, even if the coffee was good, I can find myself uh, with the grouchies. And, uh, and I, I had some, some uh, projects I was working on. And, you know, there can, this idea of laying my life down for my wife, sometimes I don't, I'm not feeling it. Sometimes I, I just don't got it. And we're trying to make decisions about our day off the cuff. And I've I've got the grouchies. I don't really want to talk. Um, I just wanted to tell me where to go. Just plug me in. I'll do whatever you ask. And uh, we had a little little tiff. It didn't last long, two or three hours. And And there's... This, this ability for me to do that is not all, I don't always have it there, okay? Uh, and uh, I'm not going to comment on her uh, on hers because that's none of my business. Uh, but my job is to do that. Th- there's this constant tension in marriages because of what's here. There's this constant tension in our married, marriage married life because of what's here and uh, what's in our heart. We battle with, we're in very much a spiritual battle. There is uh, two, um, two sources of wisdom out there. There's a wisdom that comes from heaven, and there's a wisdom that comes from earth. They're in constant conflict with one another. And in culture, in the last few months, you can see this tremendous conflict. Wisdom that's coming down from heaven, and wisdom that's coming up from the earth. And we have to make decisions based on what we're hearing and reading and seeing and learning on how we conduct ourselves. And we know that Jesus' co-worker, Paul says, the key to a great relationship, whether you're married or your friend, is mutual submission. It's mutual uh, deference, mutual consideration. I want to talk a little bit about This and how to deal with this heart, and because it'll it'll help me, it'll set me up to tell you about the most important habit for any married couple, and uh, it'll it'll uh, it it perhaps will help you understand why. So now I want you to turn with me to James chapter three. This is on page eight forty eight in our Adventure Bibles, and I'm going to walk through this passage, uh, read it to you. And uh, then going to uh, talk a little bit about our hearts and the sticky factor that sometimes um, we struggle with in our marriage relationships. Here it is. Uh, I'm going to start reading in verse 13. Uh, James, if James is the brother of Jesus, actually. So if, if you're here and you're not really a Bible uh, person, you might actually just be interested in hearing what Jesus' brother had to say about um, man, about uh, nature, and about uh, specifically our human nature. Here it is. James writes in verse 13, I'm going to read through uh, verse 18. He says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Uh, uh, yeah, any show of hands? <laughs> uh, I'm not going to raise my hand. Uh, James says, Let him show it by his good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but it is earthly, unspiritual, of the devil. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you have, there you find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate Submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. So here in this passage, uh, James begins by telling us that there, there is a source of wisdom out there that can help us in all relationships. And yet, the very wisdom we want requires a willingness on our part. We, in every circumstance that you're facing at work, in a, uh, in a community relationship, any problem you're facing at home, there is a God-fearing wisdom that is, is critical to help you navigate through it. And here, James says that that very wisdom is learned and discovered It's first, it's something that's evident. You can see it in practice. It's evident by someone's life, their decisions, but it's received by humility. Humility is the characteristic, the prerequisite to having access to heavenly wisdom. And that very humility is what will actually help you gain more wisdom. So if if you believe that there is a wisdom that comes from heaven and a wisdom that comes from earth that are in conflict with one another, then you would understand what the passage says here. You have to have a posture of humility. And I'm just going to say that humility can be symbolized by the opening of the hands, the palms turned up. It's this idea that I don't know everything. There may be something in this relationship, something in this communication that I don't know about, that, I am, uh, that I'm unaware of, that I need to learn about, and that kind of posture, according to James, is, is that kind of humility will position you to really hear from God deeply. Uh, he continues, he says, Let him show it by his good life, by wisdom. But then he says, If you harbor bitter envy and sell and, and selfish ambition in your hearts, uh, do not boast about it or deny the truth. It's almost like he's, he's commenting about people who, who have bitter envy. This, this word bitter envy and selfish ambition, they're actually similar. They both are derived from the same word that has an English derivative. They come from the word zeal. Zealon is the word. Uh, it's to be uh, zealous, uh, for um, uh, For something someone else has uh, to be zealous for and even even beyond zeal, it can become uh, a bitter zeal, even a hateful zeal. Uh, you might say you know i, I don 't like him well, why don 't you like him um, he 's fit and skinny i don 't like him he has the office I want why don 't you like her? Uh, she always smiles uh, uh, she's got she 's rich or you don 't like rich people no, no, i just don 't like her. Uh, I don't like I don't like my boss well how come oh because he has control over me um, no is it maybe it's that you don't like authority oh don't say that uh, there you can have this this zealos, this zeal that is that's bitter it's sour uh, people that are bitterness can lead to envy which can lead to hate uh, you can if you let that eat at you um, your your heart can really uh, Get control of you and so bitter envy can be um, Can be really Damaging and toxic to all relationships and then it's this is one I golly i've had to think about this one uh, It's it's a selfish ambition very similar to bitter envy. It's being zealous for self <laughs> It's it's being zealous for your agenda your plan and there's a humility that is really uh, prerequisite in a relationship where, hey, you're, you're, you trust that God is the authority in your life and you've got open-handed humility for his leadership. James is saying if, if, you're, if you're allowing this bitterness, this selfish ambition to get into your heart, you're going to struggle deferring. You're going to struggle being mutually submissive. You're going to struggle... Uh, having mature relationships with other people. And uh, and you're going to find yourself always competing, always comparing. And Christians can easily do this. We're vulnerable to this. Uh, we have to be very careful. And so James um, warns us, if you do this and and you boast about it, some people can even brag about, you know, hey, this is what I'm going to do. This, I'm going to, I got this, I'm going to kill this. And they mean that in uh, hyperbole. Um, I got this. That, you got to be careful with that. Uh, James says, let no one boast about what they're going to do tomorrow. Uh, if they're going to do business and such and such. Instead, let them say, if the Lord wills, we will do uh, such and such. Uh, humility is just required for us to have great relationships. Uh, and then he goes on uh, to illustrate, he says, such Such um, wisdom, this kind of wisdom, does not come down from heaven. And of course, the wisdom of God that's come down from heaven is the wisdom that was uh, written after hearing the words of Jesus, uh, that is written for us in the works of his co-workers. There is tremendous divine wisdom that came down from heaven on that. And the Holy Spirit is there in our lives That is in our skin to give us direction and help us make sure that we are following the spirit of Jesus in our everyday life, constantly uh, leading us. But he, but James says that such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but it is earthly. It is earthly. Uh, That word "earthly" actually means uh, like an animal. It has animal-like characteristics. There, there's no self-control. There's no, um, uh, no uh, uh, other-centeredness other or consideration. It's like an animal that's wild. Um, and that kind of wisdom is unspiritual. That word actually is its fleshly. It is just pure flesh. It is not led by the Spirit. There's no spirit leading that kind of wisdom. And then he says very clearly, it's of the devil. That the devil is still in the business of influencing our mind and our heart some people point it here the book emotional iq suggests that your heart your emotional side of your mind actually is in your head uh, and and we we have to realize that the devil is after our heads our thinking um, and then he says, for where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you have disorder and every evil practice. And so what I, I want to begin by saying is that, you know, if, if in your relationships you're allowing bitterness and envy, uh, you don't have the ability to say, hey, I, I got to own this. Uh, that was my bad. Will you forgive me? Or if you're gently approached about maybe a part in the relationship that, you seem to not be willing to to hold up and be engaged in. Uh, you, you've got to be willing to say, hey, I want to I wanna consider that. I want to pray about that. Y- you want to be approachable, especially in your closer relationships. Very approachable by others. That is palms up humility that will help you in any situation. And, and I, I always like referencing one of my favorite books, uh, Jim Collins, uh, great by choice and good to great. He identifies that of all the characteristics of professionals, that humility is one of the two. The other is discipline. Humility is number one asset. Any place you're at, to be open-handed, palms up, posture, in relationships. Then finally, he says, uh, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all. He starts talking about it. It's pure. It's the it's the word hagias. It's it's, another word is chaste. <laughs> it, is, it is not, as I talked about a couple weeks ago, it is not sexually immoral. It flees sexual immorality and any hint of it, and it pursues purity. The early church was known by this. They, the early church prioritized two things, caring for the poor and, and, uh, and sexual chastity. James is saying, hey, the, the, that wisdom that comes down is pure. Secondly, it's peace-loving. It's peace-loving. The God of Peace and his love flows through an individual that is uh, is receiving heavenly wisdom and uh, and i 'm the first to admit sometimes in my in my marriage i what I say is not always peace loving now sometimes Melissa and I have a little fun uh, we have a lot of fun actually. Uh, you know, kidding around with each other. Our time in the kitchen is actually pretty fun. I I actually like it. I like doing uh, you know, uh, poking at her and teasing her. We 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 have a lot of fun. But uh, but my default mode sometimes I'm not always peace loving like I should be. And then he says that not only should not only is wisdom from heaven peace loving, it's considerate, it defers, it puts others first, and it's submissive. There's that S word again. We don't. We sometimes want removed from, uh, from wedding vows or from any sort of, you know, language, this idea that I would be submissive to anyone. And uh, so uh, I want to invite my wife, if she's here, I want to invite her to come up here because we're going to talk a little bit about this. Uh, but you're, you're to be submissive. Uh, heavenly wisdom is submissive. It's full of mercy or compassion and good fruit, impartial, Uh, That means that it doesn't show favoritism, and it is sincere. And then he says, "Peacemakers who sow uh, in peace uh, raise a harvest of righteousness." Yes, I do. Come on up here if you would. And so uh, we're talking about couples and how they get along, and um, how we're. Listen. Pardon me. When someone calls. Yeah, yeah, you're great. And how? And and really how? how, uh, I'm going to give this mic to you so everyone can hear you, Um, but how we want to be mutually submissive to one another, and this, did you say correct? I said correct, yeah. Okay, and this is, you know, we've struggled with this, Uh, Mm -hmm. you're, uh, you're, uh, just kidding, (laughs) you're a strong personality, right? Yes, you'd agree, and I'm, I don't think I'm even as strong of a personality as you are, would you agree with that? yes. Oh, wow! so quickly <laughs> we did not we did not <laughs> practice this <laughs> uh, but uh we have had to i mean give and take and and uh and humble ourselves i think to have a growing relationship. you agree absolutely good. do you want to finish this message? I'll just step no. off if you like okay uh so what I've shared is just how sometimes what's in the heart, in a in the life of a married couple, this bitter envy, this selfish ambition, um, it can, if it's not addressed, it can get in the way of a of a marriage relationship or any relationship at all. You, you want to comment right. at all? Well, it's so true that the uh, the struggle to who's in charge thing definitely um, is can be exposed and if and if you're not open with the fact that you struggle with that as the wife or as the husband yep. instead of the idea that you're mutually submissive to each other, it really does cause super tension yep and so uh, this morning i you know you and I've been married twenty seven years twenty seven and, and uh, twenty seven and a half and for us uh, you know Divorce has never been an option for us, um, but there have been some times when it, you know you've told me, "Hey, you know, I wow, this this guy's he's got some work that he needs to do." Right? We've talked about that a little bit. Okay, thank you. That was really sweet. Uh, and we're and there's a habit that we've been we've been uh, that, that we thinks really helped us our, in our marriage and. Uh, Evidently, the stats behind this habit are pretty significant um, the I want to begin by uh, by saying that the divorce rate in the u s is one out of every two couples it 's not uh, any different in the church you 've got a fifty fifty percent chance and uh, ironically, however, uh, less than one uh, percent of Christian couples who uh, who do this habit uh, Ever get divorced, and the habit that I want you—that's awkward, that creates tension—that I want you to start considering making a part of your marriage is praying together. Uh, The stats are, according to Dr. Phil, that a couple who prays together actually, uh, yeah. I I want you to pray together out loud on a regular basis, and um, the stat is that uh, couples who pray together regularly. Have a one out of ten thousand chance of ever ever divorcing. It's that it makes that kind of impact. And you might be saying that to yourself, "Hey, I got this." You know, we pray at dinner time. You know, uh, we we you know um, for these for this food, oh Lord, we thank you for uh, this blessing. You pray maybe uh, at bedtime. Um, you know, now you lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul will keep. I, I don't know what kind of prayers you're praying. Maybe they're kind of rote. Maybe you were raised um, Catholic or raised with a written prayer. And you're thinking, yeah, we already do this, Scott. Let's, let's move on. I want to challenge you to something deeper. I want to challenge you to something that's, that's from your heart. That's open-handed. And where you start integrating prayer as part of your marriage relationship, and uh, and you do that regularly because, and this is the phrase I want you to remember today, couples that pray together, stay together. Couples that pray together, stay together. If you go to my Facebook post, you'll see I asked that question. Lots of great answers were given, but nationwide, this particular habit makes such an impact. And I want to walk you through just a few steps. Melissa, thanks for being here. Yes, ma'am. Great job. Thank you for being here. Uh, I want to run you through just a few habits that uh, I think will help you with your prayer time, and here's what they are. Uh, The first one is I want to challenge you as it relates to prayer is that short and awkward is better than long and flawless, and what I mean is that when you pray with your spouse or if you're engaged, if you're dating, I want to encourage you to make this a part of your relationship. When you do it, you might you might feel this morning like I've asked you to do something that is just, there's no way. And so what I want you to challenge you to do is just stay open-handed, stay humble because you're looking for divine wisdom and just place your hand maybe before you go to bed on the the uh, the on your spouse, not on their head. Don't knock them in the nose or anything like that, but just place your hand out there and pray a prayer like this. God, I I was challenged this week to pray. I'm praying. Can you hear me? Amen. It doesn't have to be like the prayers you hear in church. It just needs to be from your heart. Jesus said, when you pray, don't worry about how many words you use. Just pray. Uh, Wives, it may be that your husband doesn't want to pray, I encourage you to say, hey, you mind if I say a little prayer for us? Most people, most Americans, it's 90% say they pray regularly. You just reach out and put your hand on, put an open hand next to your spouse and say a little prayer for his work day. I want you to, I want you to consider making this a part of your life at least once a week. I think Saturdays are great for this, sometimes Sunday nights. I want to challenge you to even consider it in the morning. Sometimes Melissa and I, uh, you know, in the morning she'll be on a rush to go to uh, Inderkum High School and I'll just stop, say, hey, let's have a prayer together. Even if I'm not in a good mood or she's not in a good mood, let's just stop and pause so we give the Lord control over our day. Short and awkward is better than long and flawless. Secondly, pray with each other, not at each other. Lord, I want to I want to thank you that, you know, I'm, I'm being totally, I'm kidding here. Thank you that Melissa's mother-in-law didn't come this weekend. That that's, a, that's not a nice prayer. Or, Lord, thank you. Melissa, it wouldn't be good for my wife to say, Lord, thank you for helping my husband repent of his, of his um, you know, um, whatever, negativity or his unwillingness to keep the kitchen clean. Uh, that's not, don't pray. Don't pray at one another. Uh, don't do that. Um, pray with one another. And then thirdly, pray with and for your children. I think this can be huge because if you understand that prayer is that moment when we enter the heaven holy of holies, heaven's holy of holies, we go into the inner room. And when you're together praying, two or more are gathered. Jesus is present with you and you pray for your kids. And if your son or daughter is going through a tough season, you pray with them. It can have huge, a huge impact. And then finally, push through the awkwardness. It's going to be awkward. You, you might not like this challenge at all. However, you push through other awkward, other awkward obstacles. When something is asked of you at work that seems counterintuitive, you're able to push through it. When you're on a diet and it's awkward laying off the carbs, you push through it. Uh, when you need to start exercising, you don't want to, but you still do it because it's right. I don't think there's a more important habit in the church than prayer. The early church didn't even have New Testaments. They had prayer. There's something amazing happens when we pray. One, one quick moment and then I'm going to give you a chance to pray. I'll never forget it. We shared the story this weekend. Melissa was needing employment. Uh, I asked her on the way back from Sheridan, um, north of uh, Lincoln, going driving through Pleasant Grove, hey, uh, how are we doing financially this month? Do, are we going to make it? Yes, we're going to make it. She said, you know what, though? I want to start. I want to start, maybe see if I can get some short-term subs at sub work at, uh, in the school district. And I said, well, let's pray. And we prayed. And within a minute or two, maybe by the time we got to Pleasant Grove, I don't remember, she got a job uh, opportunity for a long-term sub. She arrived on her first day. The principal at that time asked her, because she came with lesson plans, do you want the job? And she said, well, listen, I only want 80%. I've got kids at home still. He said, that's all it is. It's 80%. Do you want the job? She had a job offered the next day uh, of the school year. We believe that happens when you pray. Happened to us also. One day, I thought my wife prayed one of the stupidest prayers I've ever heard. We're in our, I'm serious. We're in our living room, or rather our kitchen, and we we're, were in a position to buy a new home, and uh, yet we couldn't get one. We, every time we looked at one, it was gone. And, my wife said, and we were running out of time, and my wife said, Lord, if you want us to get a new home, we want you to bring it to us this week. The next day, a friend called us and said, I've got a friend who's about to put their home in the market. They're willing to let you look at it. And it was the next day. We went over to look at it, really just to be nice. I didn't think we'd like it. My wife said, this is it. And she continues to say, this is it. This is it. Her prayer was, Lord, if you have a house for us, you bring it to us. I'm like, really? He's going to bring his house? Our dear friend heard about this home and came to us uh, within uh, that very week. I think when couples pray together, they not only stay together, they tap in to the Lord's heavenly wisdom that helps them navigate through tough seasons. Can you imagine if you and your spouse or someone you're engaged to started praying together and really seeking the spirit of Jesus' wisdom for your life? What kind of married life, what kind of new GPS would you have for decision making, for raising your kids, for speaking love and life into your kids? And being ready for all the people that you're surrounded by throughout the week. You may say, hey, I already pray. You know what Paul says about your prayer life? He says, pray, 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 pray. Keep praying, more prayer. He's never gonna say, stop praying. He wants more of it out of you. Maybe you're here today and you're at a turning point in your marriage. This is a habit that as awkward as it is, you know that needs to become a part of your life. And today, as our prayer team members come down, you need to come forward with your spouse and say, hey, just pray for us. We need to we need to embrace this habit. Life is too stressful. There's too much earthly devil-like wisdom invading our hearts, too much selfish ambition and bitter envy. We need a humble heart that's willing to hear together. And if that's you, I want you to come down and let our team take you into the prayer room and pray with you. Maybe you're here. I referenced the cross early, and you've earlier, you've never made a decision to believe that what Jesus suffered on that cross was for you, and today you're ready to do it. And uh, we want to celebrate that decision. We want you to just come down right now as we sing. Why don't you stand and we sing uh, this this uh, song. And I know it's it's a bold move to come down and let someone else pray for you. It's a bold move to say, "Hey, publicly I want to follow Christ I'm willing to do this that takes a lot of boldness but sacramentans are bold they really are I'll never forget I was at macaroni grill in Roseville and this guy was singing out he was singing if the moon in your eye like a big piece of pie that's a amore he was going on and on and I, I told one of the uh, I told the manager or someone that worked there where did you get that guy he's amazing she said he doesn't work here and I thought, that's bold. Mm. Hey, sacramentans are bold. If you feel like God is calling you to come forward to ask our team to pray for your marriage or, or to make a first-time decision that you want to follow Jesus Christ, you come forward, then our team will walk you out and pray with you. Let's, let's sing as we pray. Lord, I, I do ask that your Spirit would speak to our hearts. Help us have palms held up, open hands directed towards our spouse so that we can together uh, navigate through some of the difficult decisions we have to make related to our careers, related to our money management, related to our service and ministry in the body of Christ. Help us have hands turned up together. Help us pray together so that our time together in prayer becomes something we're excited about if not once a week each and every day and for those who are here you've never made a decision to make jesus the leader of your life to become a christian you're ready to today i i pray lord that you'll prompt this person to come forward right now in jesus name amen let's sing natasha come forward right now if if, uh, the lord's moving your heart you come forward now and let